Welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today with us, we believe that your faith will be strengthened up each day and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. We are part of this series, Dream Home, and we are in week three of this series. Um, last week, for, or for the past two weeks, we've been receiving a word from God and the series and the title was called one plus one equal to and many of you would uh, if you're new and if you're joining this series in the middle uh, you can go back uh, to our YouTube channel King City Church and you can listen to these sermons you can also go to our website kingcitychurch.org forward slash sermons all the sermons for the past five years it's there for free hallelujah it should be free Never sell God's word. Amen. Um, so it's there. You can listen to it. Uh, it will be a blessing to you. If you don't have a Netflix account or an Amazon Prime account, that's okay. We have a free premium facility available where every day you can listen to a sermon starting from 2017. Nobody's excited about it. It's fine. All right. Um, it's also available. Um, in Spotify, it's also available in Apple Podcast. Where else it's available? That's all. Okay. So basically the point is if you miss something, you can always go back and listen to it. So those who are joining us from the middle of this series, just to give you a little recap, what we've been learning is that we've been learning on how to, bring, uh, how to build a strong family or godly families. That's what the series is called, Dream Home. And we need to, if we can build a godly family, we will see a godly community, we will see a godly church, we'll be uh, able to impact and influence this culture. You know, there was a topic recently one, one was speaking on called engaging with the culture. How can you engage with current culture with the gospel? And they did a lot of research on these things. And end of the day, the result was that no matter what you do, you have to live a counter-cultural lifestyle. And that's the only way you can engage with the current culture. Basically, what they are trying to say is no matter which part of the world you go to, whether you live in Tamil Nadu. Now, you've you got to understand this. We live in India. And India is such a diverse nation, right? Every state has its own language, has its own kind of food, has a lot of unique aspects about that state. We should be like United States of India, right? It's, that's, but they're trying to, uh, trying to bring unity. A lot of political agenda is they're trying to bring unity through uniformity, which is like same language or same culture. That's not going to work for our country because we are such a unique nation, such a diverse nation. In all our uh, social studies, when we studied in school, we have, it has always been said unity in diversity. Does it still say the same? Oh, great, good. They haven't changed it. Unity in diversity. And that's basically a nice saying because that's kind of a kingdom mentality because we need to be united even though how diverse we are. So gospel is a very, it's very diverse or different from how the culture is out there. So when you start living the gospel in your daily life, you will be looked strange. Why are you making such different choices? When everybody has a pattern to their life, you are going counter-cultural or against the pattern. If you look at a fish that is swimming in the river, you will never see that fish swimming in the same direction of the current of the water. You will always see the fish swimming in the opposite direction. If you ever see a fish swimming in the same direction of the current of the water, that fish is a dead fish. If it's alive, it's always swimming in the opposite current, opposite direction of the current. And we, that's what we are called to be. When you learn the word of God, 
When you learn the principles of God, when you build your families, when you build your homes, when you build relationships and friendships, when you build your career, when you build your business, when you teach your children, you are called to do it based on God's word, based on the gospel, and it is counter-cultural, which means everything that you see or hear outside, do the opposite, and it will be according to God's word. Because everything that they are teaching you on the outside is not kingdom principles. Amen? So this series is a life-transforming series. This is not a, um, you know, like... Um, a massaging series or an encouraging series. This is a challenging one. This is a transforming one. This is something that you are called to make a decision on how you live your life or how you build your family, how you build yourself. So church, are you ready for this? Yes. Are you willing for this to obey to God's word and make a transformation in your life? Yes. You're open to this? Yes. Good, you said yes, great. Families matter to God. Amen? Family is God's design. Everybody, we are part of a family. Whether you're married or not married, we are all part of a grand design of God's family and community. God has designed us in such a way that we are called to live with others and not live like a lonely species. It's not in our DNA because living together or being together or being in a family matters to God. The reason it matters to God is because it is God's design. So building godly families is a very important thing. Many times, you know, if you are in a car and you have a stranger and there is something that is going on in your family, and, and you guys are still having sorted it out. Are you, you, some are smiling already. We know where this is going. And you're kind of like talking in the back. And the stranger is like, what happened? Family matter. Family matter. Have you said that? Yeah? Family matter. Family matter. It's good because family matters. <laughs> family matters. And there's a lot of matters in the family that you can't discuss in the public. There's a lot of matters in the family that are still undiscussed, unresolved, pending, uncompleted. And as I was praying and preparing for the word for this morning, I was praying, God, resolve those things in the name of Jesus. May God's word come and let them talk about this on the way back from church when they're driving back. Let them talk about it. Pastor, you're stirring up things again. Some things are best left under the carpet. We have a lot of carpet, Pastor. And we are so used to that psychological response of putting it under the rug putting it under the carpet and just moving on and just moving on and hoping that one day it will resolve itself. It doesn't resolve itself. Strong families does not just happen like that. It does not happen automatically. We have to deliberately, intentionally and with great determination practice God's word and apply it in our daily lives, and only then strong families can be built. You have to be deliberate about it. You gotta be intentional about it, and you gotta be determined about it. How many of you have got um, kitchens in your house? All the women, please raise your hands. You got a kitchen? You got a kitchen? Great. How many of you like to renovate your kitchen? Yes, yes, right? And, and today, they call it, what is it called? Modular kitchen. Basically, there is a model that is out there. You walk in, and you can just um, pick any design that you want, right? Oh, I like that. Oh, you pull it, and even in anger, if you shut it, it will go fast and it will stop. Because now they have hydraulics, and it will close slowly. 
The wife says, I don't like this. Because when I'm angry, the only way I can show it to my husband is by thump. Because I can't shout at him. But my kitchen doors will speak to him. <laughs> this model is not nice. Can we take this hydraulics off at least from one door in the kitchen? <laughs> so it will be a speaking door. All the single people are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Get married, you will receive the revelation. And you see this modular stuff. And back in the day, if you go and talk to your grandmother about modular kitchen, what will she tell you? What model kitchen you are talking about? Kitchen is where the stuff is. Wherever there is fire, that is kitchen. What models you are talking about? And in modular kitchen, you look at, and they'll give you this, um, you know, different wood that you can pick. Laminated one, MDF, and in MDF you can have a pattern and all these kind of different, different, you know, great thing. It's lightweight and, and this is that way, this is this way. You know, it'll give you this lamination, this look, this color. So many stuff is given, right? And you are confused because you have humpty number of options. And there is a fight happening over that because of so many options and, and so many things, you know, that's just, they just laid all out for you and it's finding it so hard to make a decision. But end of the day, no matter which one you pick, they're all breakable ones because nothing is made out of solid wood these days. If you go to your grandma's house, and you get a piece of furniture, and if there was flooding in your house, your entire family can sit on it and travel. You know that? Because back in the day, it was all solid wood. Today, cost cutting, this cutting, that cutting, from all the waste, they layer it and put a piece of wood together, and then they laminate it. Basically, it's all decorative stuff. Decorative stuff, nothing solid about it. Solid wood will not sink, it will always float. You throw an MDF, you throw any other kind of, you know, uh, models of wood that is coming now, it will absorb water and it will start sinking. So pastor, what is your point? Buy solid wood. <laughs> if you are going for modular kitchen, go for solid Pastor, that will be very expensive. It will cost a lot. Yes, it will cost a lot because it's solid. Building families, building your life has to be on the solid foundation of God's word. And it will cost you a lot. That's the point it will cost you a lot. It will cost you sacrifice. It will cost you letting go of culture and tradition. It will cost you sometimes even to lose friendships and relationships. It will cost you. You know the reason why there is so many other kinds of wood that they're giving you for modular kitchens, you know why? Basically, they're running out of solid wood, number one. And number two, not many people are able to afford it. And number three, it's the best alternative. It's basically an alternative. And many people have moved away from the solid word of God and they have picked on alternative choices for their families. Alternative choices for their loved ones and building relationships. Alternative choices for their marriage. And when you're constantly going with alternatives, your life, your family, your choice has altered away from the course that God has set for your life. Many families are built with a lot of alternative choices. 
God's word says this. Pastor, it's very difficult. I know it's difficult because there is a cost to pay. When you live counterculturally, there is a cost to pay. And you might lose a lot, but you gain God's heart. Is it worth it? Absolutely. But many people, because they are not ready to lose, they are afraid of the cost that they have to pay because of living in the choices of the world, people go for alternatives. It looks like a godly choice. Let's meet in the middle, pastor. Let's meet in the middle. There is no such thing as middle ground. It's either God's word or not God's word. Let me, let me culturally include certain things, pastor. Many people go into alternatives when it comes to marriage, even the wedding day. Many people go into alternatives when it comes to raising their children. Many people go into alternatives when they come to, you know, um, choosing career. Important decisions of life. People go into alternatives. They don't want solid word anymore. They just want alternatives. How are you making those alternative choices? Because you're constantly listening to many opinions of many things that you are listening on the outside. What are those opinions? I heard one speaker said this. Maybe he's right. I heard one uncle said this. I heard one auntie said this. I heard they did that. I heard they did that. And you're alternating into the opinions of people and not into the truth of God's word. Is God calling you to live by opinions or live by the truth? The, the word says, know the truth and the truth shall. Do you want a strong home or do you want an MDF house? You know what I mean by MDF, right? What does it uh, stand for? Manufactured something wood. Basically, it's uh, alternate to wood. It's not a solid wood. It's something that is weak and not so strong. It's something that is breakable. But it looks real. It looks real. It does the job. It's functional. But it's not how it's supposed to be. So when you are building your life, your personal life, your marriage, your family, your children, we need to not choose based on alternatives, but from the strong, direct word from God. When families alternate from the solid foundations of God, we start sinking and we don't even realize that we are sinking. That's the scariest part. Can we have that on the screen, sir? When families alternate from solid foundations of God, if you're taking notes, please write down. If you're not taking notes, you need to take notes, otherwise you will start sinking. Please write down, because you will forget these things. I bet you, you will not remember. Say, say what I just said. See, you can't say. When families alternate from solid foundations of God, it starts to sink. Don't use alternate materials to build your house. Use the fresh, solid word of God. You want authentic stuff when you build your house. You don't want fake products, do you? You check if it's good quality. You check if it's 100% trustworthy. You don't go for fake stuff. You want the real stuff. Then why are we building our life on our homes on the opinions of others when you have the truth right in front of us? Amen? God's plan for the family begins in Genesis. We looked at this last week, Genesis 2, 21 to 24. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep while the man slept. The Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from a man. This explains 
why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united in two. So this is where we receive that math. One plus one equals two. One because the two are united in two. One being. This is where the family begins. God's design of family begins. I want to teach you four guiding principles to build a strong Christian family in a postmodern world. In a postmodern world. We don't live in the era of, of cavemen and cavewomen. So I want to be relevant and practical in teaching you how to build strong families. Amen? That's the title of my sermon. Building strong families. And if you need to build strong families, you need a compass. So today, I'm not going to give you a list of choices that you are going to make. Choice you have to make. Right? It's your family. You know about your family. You know what God is speaking to your family. So the choices are yours. But I will give you compass from the word. Guiding principles. And if you can use these principles, you can set the direction of your family based on this. Are you ready? Yes. Four guiding principles. Let's dive into this uh, book. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 15. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 15. Can we all read together? The verses will come on the screen so it's easy for us all to read together. Let's read together. Everybody online, you can also read it. One, two, three, go. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig. You will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. Verse 14, you must not worship any of the gods of neighboring nations. For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. Four guiding principles from this passage. Number one, from verse, verse six, uh, chapter 6 verse 4, it says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Number one guiding principle that you need in order to build a strong family is hear the truth continually. Hear the truth continually. Write this down. Hear the truth continually. As a family, you need to understand everything that God has given you Everything that God is allowing in your life and everything that God will do in the future is for people to see that the Lord is your God and He alone is your God. That's the truth. That's the truth. So make sure that you as a family is committed to hearing the truth of God continually. How can you and your family hear the truth of God's word continuously every day? It's something that husbands, you need to ask yourselves and for your family. 
as the leader of your house, as the pastor of your house, you got to find and put systems in place where you as a family hears the word of God continuously and hears the truth about God continuously. Not just any word, but the truth. And you need to have some sort of system in place where you are constantly encountering the truth about God in your everyday life. That God is real, God is real, God is real. Lord our God, hear O Israel. Hear O King City Church. Hear O families. Hear O single people. Hear O married couples. Hear O children. Hear O teenagers. Everybody. Can you hear that the Lord is your God? How can that be real in your life? What disciplines do you have in place to develop this? One of the practical ways that we have to develop or we need to um, practice in our life is that you need to find a time where you as a family speak about the truths of God. It can be around dinner table. Dinner table, ah. When was the last time we sat in the dinner table? Pastor means TV table. Hmm. When was the last time you sat together as a family? Or as a father? Or as a mother? You sat down and asked this question to your children. How was God real today for you? Or when was the last time you yourself asked that question. When, how was God real today for me? Like, like how is He real today? How did, when did I experience God today? Have you ever asked that question? There are so many things that we think about that at the end of the day, we think that God is not real. That's what the devil wants us to think. That God is not listening to us. If God was real, why did he allow this? That's like, if hairdressers are real, why is our hair growing again and again? You got to, you got to experience God in its reality every day. And you got to think about him and have a real tangible experience with him every day. And we need to talk about it every day. See, the disciples, when they were walking with Jesus, Jesus was so real among them that they could not stop talking about it on what he did. Can you imagine you being a disciple of Jesus Christ during the times of Jesus and just being with him in ministry for three and a half years? And every day, man, he's doing something. I mean, I, I don't think we'll be sleeping. The disciples all night, they'd be like, dude, did you just see how, you know that blind person? Did he, dude, he spat on his eyes, man. How, like, how getu that was. Can you imagine? Did you see how that woman, God, I mean, Jesus did not even look at her. She came and touched and she got healed. I wonder how tomorrow would be. It was real for them. Now that reality, God is promising for you and I, even today. Even today. Even today. How real is God? Which means that you need to keep always listening to how real he is, to the truth about who God is and not about fake things and lies that is out there. Because when you fail to listen to the truth, you start believing the lies. You start believing the lies. And when the lies constantly deposit in your mind and your heart and you start living that out, the lie of the devil is that you are not forgiven the lie of the devil is you cannot overcome your temptation. The lie of the devil is that you will not do well. 
The lie of the devil is that, hey, I know who you are and what you have done in the past. But the truth of the God and the truth of the matter from God's word is that he has set you free. He is the God of the past and he is somebody who can go into your timeline without a time machine and you don't need to go there to set it right because his blood has covered it all. And he has set it right. And he has placed you in a position today and right now that nobody can ever set you in that place. God has changed the trajectory of your life because of the Son, Jesus Christ, because of the cross. And today you are at a place that nobody can ever give you. And because you are in that place, you have a great and a bright future. Keep moving forward. Keep moving in the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Number two, Love the Lord passionately. Verse 5 and 6 it says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. Number one, this is your guiding principle. As you make decisions as a family, make sure that your family is not deviating from the truth of God, whatever decision that you're making. Number two, that whatever decision you're making, make sure that decision is helping you to love the Lord passionately, not alternatively. Don't alternate your love for God through traditions, through culture. Love your God with all your heart and love Him passionately. That's number two. The guiding principle number two is make sure that you're loving your God with all your heart. With all your heart. You know, we beautifully sang that song this morning, right? Here I am, humbled by your majesty. It's one of the most profound theological songs that we could sing. And one of the lights, it says that I have found the love of my life. Not because of how much I love him, because how much he loves me. And if I can just respond back to his love, the kind of choices that we make for our families, the kind of choices that we make for our marriage, the kind of choices that we make for ourselves and for our career, for our business, will be beautiful because we are passionately in love with him. Many people are amazed how people change when they meet a woman. They're amazed how a man changes because he met a woman. And we are amazed how a woman changes because she met a man. The one that is not so passionate about doing anything in the house, all of a sudden is ready to do anything because of love. The mother and the father are amazed by the transformation of this young man or this young girl. Hey, all my life I've been telling you, do this, do that. Now you want to do it for your husband. Now you want to do it for your wife. Why? Passionate love. <laughs> Choices change, right? Where the love goes, your wallet also. Hallelujah. <laughs> there is a delayed laughter in the cabin crew. Automatically you make decisions to make sure that love remains. Boys will say, Macha, come let's go, da. let's go for dinner, let's, let's go to buy shawarma. Hey, no, not so much money. Da. It's not much. Why? Because he's got plans later that evening to go to Waffle House with his friend. Eh, I know those people. Huh? <laughs> they are saving. So, the wallet is following where? Where there is? Love. Everybody say? Love. love. With others it's love. There's a limit. <laughs> but passionate love, in Tamil Nadu it's Love, it goes. So that love gives alternative choices. 
different choices transformative choices same wallet said no to a group of guys but that wallet will come out for one girl because she's so special that's how the human mind and condition is wired now putting this into the context of passionate love for god which is beyond your romantic love which is beyond your love for for human beings because that love he is the definition of love he is the standard of love he is the height the depth and the width of love which means that if you love your god with all your heart everything that you do for him will not be a burden it will not be a burden why oh, did this for you try saying that to your wife no last week i spent this much for you she will say hmm cholli katriya you cannot list it out and you sh- you shall not list it out if you are doing that redeem yourself somehow because <laughs> where there is love it's not a burden anymore but it is pathetic when god's people come and list out the things that they did for god i came this many sundays i did this many things for god i did that many things for god god is like uh, so what so what so what it does not alternate anything it does not make a difference because if you love your god passionately with all your heart you as your family your children your generation will be plugged into doing that for the rest of your lives and you will count it as a blessing and a blessing alone nothing else it will not be a burden the moment it becomes a burden or you think that it's a burden check where your love is you're not loving god passionately you're loving yourself passionately or the things of the world or your family or your own additions that you have brought into your life that's what alternates your love number 3 teach the young diligently the third guiding principle that you need the first one is hear the truth continually number 2 is love the lord passionately and number 3 is teach the young diligently deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7 to 9 it says repeat them again and again to your children repeat what whatever we just saw the truth about god passionate love for god because of who he is repeat that to your children again and again talk about them when you're at home when you're on the road when you're going to bed when you're getting up basically 24/7 Verse 8 tie them to your hands print wristbands huh this is where wristbands come from huh all the young people hallelujah it's so biblical to wear wristband mummy i now have a verse to quote the bible says tie them to your hands but be careful because the same verse says wear them on your forehead so if you're going to have wear to have to wear wristbands you have to have also have to wear forehead bands The basic thing about that verse is that you got to put it in your heart. Hands, your forehead, these are reminders. Put them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. So basically, you know, everywhere that people can see you, they have to be reminded about the truth of God in your life. We got to live that out. Not just externally, but internally. And you got to teach the young diligently about it teaching is again not a lecture it's living it out can your children see the same parent at your workplace and at home and at church and with their friends or are you alternating who you are are you changing mask are you changing personalities or are you shifting yourself in different locations then there is a problem it's not authentic person you got to be the same according to god's word and live a truthful life according to god's word don't alternate 
teach your children diligently, which means that do and give your best to your children, which means that even when you fail, accept it to your children that you failed and what you did was wrong and you should tell them, I am sorry, I did not model godly principle to you. Hello? Saying sorry to children or? <clears throat> Never. That's diligent teaching. You can't just teach from your success. You also have to teach from your failures. That's diligent teaching. Give your best to your children. Don't do what's convenient for you. Hello? Many people are bringing up children from your convenience. From your comfort. If you want to give your best to your children, you got to move out of your convenience. Move out of your comfort. And you got to take risks and make choices that will bless the next generation. Do your best. I'm not saying go out of the way and, and take loan and do everything you know, lavishly. That's not what I'm saying. From the capacity with God, with what God has blessed you with, give your best to your children. Spiritually, emotionally, create the best emotional safe environment in your home. A joyful environment in your home. And give the best spiritual experience in your home. Many parents expect for their children to experience spiritual experience only at church. Churches should not be the only heaven that they experience in, and they go through hell all week. That should not be the case. Church is a celebration of many heavenly homes coming together. When you come here together, whatever you have been doing all week is what's going to reflect and pour out from your soul here. You understand? You understand? So create homes, families, environments that is safe for your children and teach them diligently. And the fourth principle is, the fourth principle is fear the Lord greatly. Verse 10 to 15, it says, The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land that he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. In other words, God has great promises for all of you here. And those promises is not something that you can receive out of your own hard work. It is something that God has done for you. Something that God has done for you. So whatever that you're, that you're dreaming of, don't dream of a home that you can build. Dream of a home that God will build for you. Because whatever that God builds is much greater and larger and prosperous than you can ever imagine or have. Somebody say amen. Because if we settle down to our hard work, we cannot experience the supernatural purposes and promises of God. This is the promise that God has for every family here that he will soon, everybody say soon, he will soon bring you into the land that he swore to give to you because God made a vow to our ancestors. Three generations, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. It is so integral to understand this because the God who made a promise will never turn back on his promise. So your blessing is a promise. Your prosperity is a promise. Your, um, you know, your growth is a promise from God. But then don't try to run behind the promise. But try to build a relationship with the promise keeper. Because the promises is a byproduct of your relationship with the promise keeper. Amen? Let me say that again. Everything that you receive as a promise from God, they are not the destiny. It is just a byproduct of your relationship to the one who is the promise keeper. So build that relationship. Verse 11, it says, The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. So whatever stock you have, 
thank God for it because it's from God. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig. You will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from the slavery in the land of Egypt. This is where we need to fear the Lord greatly. Many families have forgotten where they started. After a little bit of blessing, after a little bit of prosperity, after a little bit of comfort, we have become too comfortable and convenient and we have started claiming that and adding credit to ourselves. The moment you forget what God has done, the moment you stop giving thanks to God, what, have you, what are you starting to do? You're starting to claim credit for yourself. A forgetful heart has decided that I did this. That I made, it, made this happen. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. If your heart is not thankful to what the Lord is doing every day in your life, you have lost the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is so important. It's not this human you know, looking at a ghost fear. This fear comes from a heart of thanksgiving. This uh, fear comes from a heart saying that I will never ever forget the day that the Lord rescued me. I will never ever forget my starting point. Because whoever, whoever I am today and now, it is simply because of who Jesus is. Can we all stand together? Four guiding principles. Hear the truth continually. Love the Lord passionately. Teach the young diligently. Fear the Lord greatly. If you can establish this as the pillar of your house, as the pillar of your home, as the pillar of your marriage, as pillar of your friendships, even single people as you are, you know, praying and, and, and getting ready to be married or, or making choices in the future. Look for these things in your man. Look for these things in your future husband and in your future wife. Look for these things. Is he or she somebody who is hearing the truth continually? Or is he pulled by everybody's opinion? Because that's not a good sign. Is he or she loving the Lord passionately? Is he or she ready to teach and live a life that is teachable? Is he or she fearing the Lord greatly? These are four guiding principles that you need to remember. Remember this, remember this, remember this, remember this, always. And for those who are married and you have a family, I have a question for you. The question is, does your family have a mission statement? You know, I'm, I think men can relate to this. Men are very structural in nature. And, and we, have, <laughs> we have a box for everything. What we handle in one box, we don't transfer it to the next box. We have a box called family. We have a box called work. We have a box called friendship. We have a box called, you know, wife or children. And whatever happens in that box stays in that box. Whatever happens there does not get transferred into anywhere else. So we work in compartments. That's how men are wired to think. Women are wired to think the exact opposite. Whatever happens in the family that morning can affect everything that is going to happen throughout the day. It's all interlinked. Two different people. The beauty of it is that we need both. We need both. So here's the question. Whoever you are as a head of the family, even if you are the mother and you are the head of the family and God is asking you to raise your family, this is the question that I have for you. Does your family have a mission statement? What does mission statements do? Every organization has a mission statement. The mission statement helps us to define 
who we are not hear this correctly it helps you to decide what are the things that we will not do ever so that we can make a list of what we will do amen so when you write a mission statement for your family or a mission statement for your own life you are designing and deciding that some things that i will never ever ever do or even enter into our homes or families and when we have this mission statement it will become the guiding principle the guiding compass a fence that protects our family are you understanding this are you understanding this or am i confusing you is it confusing no are you able to understand i i just want to give you a model mission statement based on what we just heard this morning when you go home you can write your own mission statement sit with your wife sit with your husband sit with your children just write down a mission statement for your family can we go to the next slide guys this of a, a model family mission statement the lord is our god and there will be no other gods but him we as a family we will worship god and god alone and our true god is jesus christ the son of the living god not signs not mantras not various other things our lord our god there will be no other gods but him number 2 we will acknowledge his presence we will acknowledge his uniqueness we will acknowledge his place in this family and he has the right to rule over us this mission statement declares for the rest of our lives that it will be god who rules over this family and nobody else not our friends not our relatives not the boss it is god amen third thing we seek his will as a family we will always seek his will we will endeavor to walk in his ways as followers of jesus christ our savior and our lord and we will not choose anything that will replace god in this family we will not choose anything that will replace god in this family amen the slide will stay there if you want to take a picture of it a mental picture of it or whatever you can do that write your own mission statement if you don't know where to start you can use the same but whatever it is can you are you guys showing this online as well that's great but make sure that you have this as your guiding principle thank you for listening to our sermon today hope it was a blessing for you as well as your family if you would like to support our ministry you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org/give and we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon god bless you